Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 22. And in this episode, I am delighted to say I've got a special guest and we're going to be able to be working through some themes of happiness. I guess that sounds good for all of us. So I firstly want to welcome Marcus, who is my special guest in this episode. Welcome, Marcus. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Brilliant. about happiness. Yeah, that's perfect, (laughs) isn't it? So tell everyone firstly a little bit about you. I know you're a transformation coach, but tell everyone a little bit more about you. Yeah. um, So I help people have better days. And it's as simple as that, really, because that came from a period in my life when I was a certain police officer and I got to a stage where I actually wanted to kill myself, which mm. is pretty as low as you can go, really. Yeah. Um, and out of that, and as a result of that experience, I went on a path that I didn't think I was going to go on. Mm. Um, and I have the pleasure now of helping people understand why they feel the way they do so they can have better days. Brilliant. And that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that. And thank you for being so honest straight away, because one of the reasons why I like this podcast and why I think it's important for us to have these kind of conversations is to let people know that lots of people do struggle in all sorts of different ways. It's absolutely fine. I My big passion is for people to feel connected with people's stories so that they can relate to them for themselves. And I think that's really important, isn't it? So I do um, appreciate you being honest with us straight away so that people can hopefully know that you've not only got all these magical tools, you've also got a real life experience to know how tough it can get. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, cool. So that's a starting point for us. So we're going to have a think about themes of happiness, but also how you get that. Because I think one of the things that I'm always conscious of is often people have a big list of things they should be doing, a a big list of they ought to be this or they comparisonitis, they're looking at what everyone else is doing. And it can feel completely overwhelming in terms of how can we have this thing called happiness? Because it's it's a thing that we all seek. It's probably the ultimate thing. And yet we get lost along the way trying to get it. So I think it's really important that we remember that it's not a flick switch. It's not just something that you can do easily, but it is something that you can work towards. And I think that's where we'll start with our, our conversation today, Marcus. Mm. I think... I'll probably, the best way to start this was an insight that I had on my own journey. I don't know if you've ever read the book by Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God. I have. And and and, and this really jumped out at me when he asks God, you know, why have we got all this pain in the world? Why is this? Why is that? And but God, God, I'm paraphrasing this, but God basically turns around and says, you know, you, you've created this. How can you know happiness without sadness? How can you know success without failure? And we treat we treat those two things as being very linear and that life tells us if we do this, we'll be happy permanently. And if we do this, we'll be sad permanently. When actually being in the present moment and learning from those things is the key. Um, And a lot of everything in the world is actually 
set up to keep us in that middle ground where we might not be quite happy, but we're not quite sad. Mm. And, and and therefore we have no purpose. So for me, happiness is probably more divine defined as purpose. And purpose for me is that sense of spirit and spirituality. And again, that's been hijacked in regards to what spirituality, spirituality is religion or it's woo-woo. It's not. It's knowing who I really am mm-hmm. and why I'm here and what my purpose is and really believing that and having that anchor in your life so you can get through the tough times because you know why you're here. And for me, that for me, that's it. Is it why why am I here? Mm. I think that's really powerful. But I think also for those listening, sometimes I hear people say they get lost in that real like one thing. You know, who am I? That it's like it's this one thing, and it's so many things, isn't it? Mm. It's it's so many different combinations. You know, not just the hats that you wear, whether you're a a partner or a mum or a dad or a brother or a sister or a who whatever you do for a living, there's all those things. But that deep sense of who you really are and how A, you can get that, but also what that brings you. I know that's part of my story. When I started being my true self, oh my goodness me, what came with that was unbelievable, really. Mm. But it's that not that getting too lost, isn't it, in that one thing that you are, and it's that combination. How would you help people understand that, Marcus? So the, the questions that I, I ask my clients around this is that when we're talking about who am I, is who am I at work? Who am I uh, as, as a partner? Who am I? Because most of your life isn't bad, hmm. but we are social beings. So our driving behavior is to be connected. And one of the things I want to bring in in is environment. So who am I in that environment, both internally but externally as well? Because we often forget that, is that if we're in an environment where we don't feel connected, we don't share those values, but society says that's what you should be doing and that's who you are, that's when we get what I call head-heart incongruence. And that's that's where I was, is that logically it went, I've got a great family. I've got a great job. I love my job. I've got nothing to complain about, but the world would be better if I wasn't here. Why is that? So excuse me for swearing, but at the time when I went to see my GP and they were saying you can have drug therapy and then counseling, I went, I don't want any of that. This was the words that I said, so apologies. Um, I said, why the fuck do I feel the way that I do? That was my only question. Logically, it doesn't make sense, but there's this driving feeling inside me that I don't feel good enough. I feel different, that the life that I believe is available to me isn't there. And what I recognized from the work I didn't at the time is that your mind and your body is always working for you. It's always on your side. The problem is the subconscious mind has been programmed by other people. So you're actually responding not as your true self, you're responding to the programming of your teachers, your family, society, and what their expectations are because the mind's there to keep you alive, not happy. And it does that by saying, well, if I'm connected, I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. Because millions of years ago, we get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. So so we go through our lives. You know, it's interesting, I think. I don't know. What, I, I can't remember where this came from, but by the age of eight years old, 80% of who you'll become as an adult has already been programmed into you. 8 to 18, the next 10%, 18 to about 35, the next 10%. So around about 35 is when you're fully programmed. And then all of a sudden, we wonder why people have midlife crisis. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the body's always trying to tell you who you really are, but it doesn't have words. Mm. And and that's why going, why am I here? Who am I? And actually getting help as well and getting the right help is is really, really important. But it's those big questions. I think mm. it's asking those big questions and not knowing how you get there, but actually what is it I want and why do I want it? The why is the important driving factor because that's emotion. Yeah, and then that helps you be true to yourself isn't it because the why you want it might be completely different to all these other people who are in your life who are saying that's not really right for you or don't do that or why are you doing yeah. that and that's what gets in our way massively doesn't it yeah it is and I, and I agree you know it's interesting I'm sure you've had this as well is that I don't know if you know Simon Sinek is Golden Circle. Okay. But he talked, yes, okay. So this is where this came from because I've been following Simon beforehand. And he said, most people communicate. They know what they do. They know how they do it, but they don't know why. So you yeah. need to reverse that. And so if you ask yourself a question, let's take affirmations, for example. Affirmations are good, but they miss a vital. So I am enough. I am abundant. Why? Yeah. You've got to join the dots. You've got to put the what and the why together and the how will just show up. And that's what we call manifestation. It's what we call law of attraction. You can't attract things into your life and and, and grow the life that you want without going, this is what I want and why do I want it? Hmm. I like they're that. just simple questions. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's something that you can people can have a time to sit down and reflect and just think what, what comes up, whatever comes up, no judgment, just whatever comes up. But I think the thing that I'm always reminding people is there are all these tools, affirmations being one of them, and they're all part of a jigsaw. Mm. And every bit of the jigsaw to make the finished piece yeah. is important. And the other bit that we can use this metaphor is, and you'll, people who listen to this podcast regularly will have heard me say this before, but I think it's important to keep remembering, is how do we do a jigsaw? We do a jigsaw one piece at a time. So if you are today writing some affirmations and walking around saying, I am enough, then okay, great. But know that there's going to be something else that you're going to need to add to that. It might be what you've already mentioned, Marcus. It might be having the right kind of people around you. It might be definitely digging down and thinking, why do I like doing this? Or why am I doing this? But it, there'll be other things as well, won't there, when it comes to our contentment and our happiness. Yeah, I always say the universe gives you what you need, not what you want. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think that's where all the discomfort comes, and it certainly did yeah. for me. And I think for yourself, probably, Marcus, is so much of the messages that come through people that we meet, situations that you find yourself in, are our own internal world screaming at us saying, you need to do more of this, you need to do less of that. I know that was my story and that was my motivation to write, certainly my first book, to share all of those things that I'd realised were critical because I was blaming other people, not getting really down to why was I yeah. feeling like this. The, meta the metaphor I'd use um, is if you want to grow beautiful strawberries, you plant them in horse poo. Mm -hmm. However, you make sure that you put straw over the horse poo so that the fruit doesn't go into them. So it's you it's utilising those experiences in a way as fuel to allow you to grow rather than bathing in them. And I think that's the thing. It's what's the opportunity that I can have to learn? both in a negative and positive way, because the mind doesn't know the negative. So 
another top tip is people tend to say, I don't want to feel this way. Right. So if the mind doesn't know the negative, what we need to be asking is, how do I want to feel and what do I want to feel and why do I want to feel it? Not the not, because we focus, again, the mind's there for survival. So it'll focus 75% on keeping you safe. So focus on what you want rather than what you don't want. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, I think we can all relate to that. If you think the subconscious mind only hears the don't, the subconscious mind is quite childlike. So when you see a sign that says don't go on the grass, there's a bit of you that wants to go on the grass, on the grass. because it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it hears a direct instruction. And I've worked with many people over the years and helped them see this with children. And actually, if you give a child an instruction with a don't, don't touch that, don't run on the road, don't whatever, spill your drink, nine times out of 10, they're going to hear direct instruction, run on the road, spill the drink, touch that. So children show us how our subconscious mind works, like so starkly. And actually we then need to pay attention to all of that and do it for ourselves as adults because just because we're adults doesn't mean our mind or I think the other thing that I notice is it might know. So when you see a sign that says, don't touch this or don't go on the grass, but you've got to work hard, haven't you? Your Mm. your mind has got to work at the, what does this actually mean? It means, oh gosh, yes, it means don't do it. But if we give ourselves clear instructions, then we haven't got to deal with all that. We haven't got to deal with all those question marks. It's choice, isn't it? Is that if we look at that parent child if we look at that from a purely psychological point of view, is have I got a parent-parent relationship or a parent-child relationship? So it all comes down to consequence and choice. And most of us aren't willing to just kind of look around that and go, okay, I can run on the grass, but what is the consequence of that? And am I happy to choose the consequence? Yeah. You know, and that's, so I always I always say to people, because I'm an ex-cop, you absolutely can go out there and kill somebody. Absolutely, you can go and do that. However, as a society, there is a consequence to that, that if you get caught, you'll be locked up for the rest of your life and you'll lose some of your privileges. And this will have a ripple effect on the rest of humanity. So therefore, the reason why you wouldn't do it is because it doesn't serve anybody. You know, it doesn't mean you can't do something. And and a lot of the time, people aren't willing to own the consequences of their actions. And we see that we're Mm -hmm. seeing that a lot at the moment. Um, in regards to people want more legislation on stuff and they want this, that, and the other. And it's because we don't want to be responsible because being responsible is called being an adult. And mm. adulting is difficult. It really is. We all yeah. want to revert back to the, to, to have to be the child. But I always say, actually, I think what we really want is to have the freedom of a child with the wisdom of an adult. Mm. Wouldn't actually, that be good? That's nirvana. Wouldn't that be just brilliant? Mm. Okay, so we've... We're talking generally at the moment about some kind of concepts or themes or ideas around happiness, being in the moment, having a purpose, getting your why, giving ourselves a bit of a break. You know, maybe there's balancing act between doing what's right for you, but, you know, we still have got to fit in and all the things that sometimes feels a bit restrictive. But at the end of the day, you know, as humans, we don't want to be left out. We don't want to be the only ones or rarely do we want to be different to others? But the purpose of that happiness definitely is that innate, isn't it? That deep-rooted, what's right for me? What other ideas do you have that we can chat about, Marcus, in your toolkit? I think we were talking just before we started to record about 
the four thieves of happiness. And for me, for me, these are a great framework. And for everything that I've done personally and everything I do with clients, they, they always show up. And when you see them, it's a game changer. So very quickly, back in 2018, I was in Italy, um, came back from Italy, had the breakdown, everything went chaotic. Last year, we returned to the same resort and we were on the beach, a completely different place um, in regards to where I was. And But I got this overwhelming kind of panic attack. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I now know when that comes up, it's a sign that something great is happening, so I lean into it. So my wife was quite concerned and I go off and I just have this moment to myself and lean into it. And this voice just came through and it said, the four thieves of happiness are judgment, shame, guilt, and validation. And when you think about those four words, when it comes to a problem or a challenge, we either feel judged or we judge somebody else. You made me feel, for example. We feel shame. I really want to make this move, but if I do that, that'll impact somebody else. Guilt, mum guilt, dad guilt. Okay, I want some time for myself, but I've got to put out for everybody else. I'm sure there's lots of empaths out there that are listening to this. And then we validate the action or inaction. I can't do that because I've got to. I can't do this. But the fact is, is that you have to fill your own cup up, let it overflow and let people drink from the saucer. Because if you're not full and complete, then you can't serve people. And we have codependence on many things, relationships, foods. And it's, am I whole in that area? Hmm. And if I'm not whole in that area of my life, then where is the judgment? Where is the shame? Where is the guilt? Where is the validation that's stopping me from doing it? So having that little bit of a framework of what I call the four thieves of happiness in a problem is where are those four thieves turning up? How am I talking to myself? How am I talking to other people? Am I seeing it through the lens of love? Am I seeing this through the lens of opportunity? So again, going back to the analogy of the strawberry plant, it might feel like crap, but what's the opportunity that I can use that as fuel? And, and how can I kind of look at that from those negative connotations and what is the opposite? So it's like the don't, right? I don't want this. So if I feel as though I'm judging people, how can I create a situation where I'm not judging and maybe understand that from their perspective? Mm. You know, where is the shame come from? Is, is that true? You know, why am I feeling guilty that I'm not spending time with my kids? Actually, do my kids want to spend time with me? Probably not in most cases. <laughs> and actually, my validation is, does that lead me to having a better life or not? So what is the validation is the choice. What am I choosing? Mm. So I, hope, I know that was quite complex to unwrap, but but that's that's where that came in, is that are the four thieves of happiness in play? And once you see them and once you're aware of them, it makes it much easier to kind of, it's like a you you throw the problem through those four thieves, and then go. Actually, what's the choice I'm making mm. that's going to serve me and serve others? I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think it really does. And I think one of the things that's kind of popping up for me while you were talking is so many people are out there looking for happiness. They they're kind of thinking it's in different things, in different people, in different jobs, places, moving house, you know, how many times I hear people say, everything will be okay when, or I will feel happy when, you know, when I've got married, when I've met somebody, when I've had a baby, when I've got this dream job, whatever the scenario is. 
And actually what we're saying today is by just pausing and looking at situations through these four lenses that you've presented to us today, you know, and I, and I do work around a lot of these, but I think just pausing and asking yourself these four sort of themes, as you call them, mm. am I judging myself? Am I judging someone else? Where's the shame bit? Where's the guilt bit? And then, you know, what, what else am I doing? That's Where did making... that come from and why? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because think... it feels, it feels to me like if we were able to pay attention to those things, it's not a flip of the switch, but it's definitely a step in the direction of actually you will feel more content because you will be doing what's right for you. Well, I'm just reflecting on our conversation that we had before we came on. Like, I was at the gym on Saturday and obviously overdid it. My back's hurting a bit. You went and did this 24-mile walk and you're in bits as well. <laughs> but it was interesting that we focused on the the fact that we're both really proud that we did what we did and we got that dopamine here. So although we're in physical pain at the moment, actually we're like, I did it. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not judging myself that I'm feeling, I'm just saying here, my body is reacting like this. And actually what a great opportunity that is because I went and did something that pushed me out of my comfort zone. And yes, physically I'm feeling that in my body, but actually the achievement and the way that makes me feel from achieving that, that thing that was difficult actually gives me a massive buzz. Definitely. I'm definitely buzzing while I'm making. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And, and I think that's, and that's why I use that as an analogy because is that it's to create that wholeness of self. We need to embrace our shadow side. We need to, we need to love the guilt. We need to love the shame. We need to love the judgment. It's part of the process. You can't have the good stuff without the bad stuff. It doesn't work like that. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there, especially in the industry that we're having, that, that says, oh, move over to the light. There's dark and light. But what I say is, is that when you go into the darkness, if we un unlock black, we've got all the colors of the rainbow. So why just have one when you can have all of them? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, what, what I know, what I talk about a lot is, you know, you can run off, and try and find something that's going to make you feel good in that moment. Go for it on some occasions. But actually, you know you're going to have to come back and have a bit of a sit with that horrible feeling, with that horrible thought, with that horrible thing that somebody might have said to you that's really triggered you, It's really made you feel uncomfortable. There's obviously something deep-rooted that needs to pop up to the surface. Let it pop up. Give yourself mm. some time to just think about what what you're doing because at the root of this or at the end of this, not that the end is ever available to us because it's constant, 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 yeah, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. eventually you will be able to look at your actual situation and what's actually getting in the way of your happiness. Mm. The amazing Bob Proctor used to say something and, and this perplexed me for many, many years and I've never been able to understand it, but he used to say energy, we're, we're just energetic beings, right? Energy comes from form through form and into form. And I never understood that. But now the way that I understand it is that if you take a situation as energy coming into form and it comes into your body and you feel it, unless you can let the energy go through your body and go into another form, you hold it inside. And that's why when we feel overwhelmed, it feels like, like it's like a nuclear reactor, right? We've got all this energy building up in our body, building up in our mind. And at some point, it's going to have to come out anger tears whatever it is it will it will have a form in which the body can't control it and it will come out so by using these techniques what you're doing is you're allowing that energy to to, to come through you and out of you you've got to you've got to utilize that energy and that's why 
you know, other practices like Qigong, yoga, meditation, they're all part of a bigger toolkit. So there isn't one size fits all, you know, there's, there's lots of little tools and you can look at judgment, shame, guilt, and validation in meditation. And you can look at it in yoga. You can, you know, anybody who's doing yoga, next time you can't do that asana, what's that voice that's coming in your head? Oh, everybody else can do it. I can't. I feel shame and guilt. I'm validating it because I'm not as flexible. You know, you can run it through anything, whether it be a physical practice, a mental practice, anything. But the fact is, that's okay. <laughs> it really that's is. okay. And it it's, really it's just my journey and I'm on my own journey. And like yeah. you say, the journey continues and it will continue infinitely because energy comes from form through form and into form. Definitely. It's really, part of the universal laws. 100%. And I think just being able to take yourself on your journey for each person listening in, for you and I, Marcus, for everybody else, it is so important to remember that this journey that you're on is your journey to own, but also it, it will be different. It will look different to other people's potentially. Yeah. And I'm always saying, you know, take us, take inspiration and motivation from others. This walk that I've just done, wow, I was blown away by some of the stories, some of the other people. But don't do it in a judgy, judgy, shamey, guilty kind of way and and, and put yourself in an unfavourable place. Mm, I think I think if we look at it from an opportunity, and I sometimes use this in, in my hypnotherapy recordings that I give to clients, but imagine billions of years ago when the universe was formed, right? We know the universe was formed. Somehow we don't know exactly what it is, the Big Bang. There was a bit of stardust that started a journey billions of years ago, and the environment in which that bit of stardust encountered created you today, rather than you being a rock or being a frog, right? So if you look at the chances of you being on this planet at this moment, at this time, in that body as you, are billions and billions and billions to one. It's not by chance. (laughs) There is a reason why you are here. And we often are looking outside for the answer when the answers lie within us. We are all equally as important as every single other organism on this planet. We're all part of one big ecosystem, you know. Um, So when you actually put it into perspective, our problems are so minute. It doesn't feel that way. Sure. But that's why asking those deep questions and go, if I've only got this one opportunity in life, why don't I focus on why I'm here and why I want to build this life and why I want to, and it's, and, and most people will chase the extrinsic stuff, but I always come down to this. What most people want is this peace, love, purpose, meaning and freedom yeah that's all that's all it's about and actually purpose and meaning is the biggest thing is that that's what drives it if i got purpose and meaning that that can drive me to the through the tough times and that comes down to our values our ethics and surrounding ourselves with people who believe what we believe definitely and i think if there's people listening today who are definitely sitting on the fence shall we say thinking they should do something or they, they ought to do something, not in a negative way, so not in our shoulds that full of guilt and shame, but in that something that they really want to do, go and do it. Find a way. Start to look into one small things that you can do to make that happen because I know lots of people who listen to this podcast who are wondering, should I do, should I, should, you know. And, can can I give you a funny example? Yeah. Can I give you a funny example? So we want to move house, right? And the house that we've kind of looked at and we found is 
potentially my mind is telling me it's out of our price range. So yesterday we went and looked around and met some people in the area. It was a lovely area that we want to move into. And I got a pound coin. And what I did is I put the pound coin next to the for sale sign on the house. I made a one pound deposit to tell the universe that I want to move into that house. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but here's my my deposit. So that house is now one pound less than what it was when we first looked. <laughs> and my mind now is going, is now going back, not, oh, I can't afford it. It's how can I create the environment that allows me to buy that house? And if I don't get the house, actually, I'm okay with it. Yeah, sure. But taking action is the key. You don't need to know how, but you need to take the action. And why are you taking that action? How important is it to you? Brilliant. There you go. So if there's one small thing that you can do out there, whoever you are listening in, who is wanting to do something that they haven't quite worked out how, then we've got to find that one small thing. Yeah. So look to the micro, not the macro. Yeah. Love it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, hopefully we have given people some thoughts and encouragement to find a different way, maybe to looking for their happiness by actually just assessing a situation or a scenario that they're in through your three themes and see what's at the other side of it when you start to challenge yourself gently, respectfully, kindly is my always my Absolutely. big thing. And you, you've you got a, um, a freebie that's attached to this, haven't you, Marcus, that we're going to put in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, so I thought I'd give this away because it's all right talking about this and theorising around it, but we know that the first law of attraction is not – um affirmation it's vibration so how do you create that that awareness in your body of that so um yeah i'm going to give my four thieves of happiness immersion free freebie that i give away which will introduce you to your real self uh, it's 8d so wear it with headphones um and it those it, it will bring together those three voices in your head to um make you feel more into how you can be more aligned to your true purpose so i hope everybody enjoys it love it thank you so much for that we've also put all of your uh, links into our show notes so that everybody can check you out uh, if anyone's more interested in following up with marcus please do so yes thank you i appreciate that thank you so much for coming and creating this podcast with me today no it's been awesome and i think that's the thing isn't it it's collective people coming together you're not on your own i think that's the message you're not on your own there are people like you and i and other people that are actually want to empower people to change their lives. And um, yeah, it's an honor to always be invited on to put somebody's podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so that's it for this week. Next week, we have got Kirsty Knight and she and I are going to be exploring work-life balance. So I hope you can tune in then. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,